The state of flow. Everybody wants to get there. It's a state of mind and a state of being. When a business is in flow, they're focused on one goal, delighting the customer, and their different teams are working in harmony to achieve it. I'm John Spencer, head of product for the technology industry at ServiceNow, and welcome to Everything is a Service Flow. In this episode, we'll discuss how rapid acceleration of digitization and moving to the cloud has been driving ever-increasing experience expectations from customers, partners, and employees. Experience innovation and management is now a CXO top priority. We'll focus on what it means to be an experience-led tech company and how to stand out in a world where everyone is trying to do the same thing. I'm very excited to have Paul Phipps with us today. Paul's an incredible leader who joined ServiceNow about 15 months ago to be our Senior Vice President of Customer and Partner Excellence, which is really all about re-envisioning our end-to-end customer experience. Paul's been laser-focused on leading a new um, effort called ServiceNow Impact, which is a personalized value acceleration solution that we'll talk a little bit about in the session. Paul's had a really unique career starting off as a paratrooper, then becoming a CIO at a high-growth wine and spirits company, then going over and being on the board of directors of one of the largest tech user groups in the world, ASUG, or America's service or SAP user group. And then uh, it transitioned over to Under Armour, where he became the ch- customer experience officer and the chief digital officer. So let's talk about your career journey, Paul. It's really interesting to me how many different industries and how many different roles you've had in your career. Yeah, so it's great to be with you today, John. I'm super excited to uh, to spend the next hour with you talking about experience and transformation and all that kind of good stuff. I think from my career standpoint, you know, I've been very fortunate to have really fantastic mentors who have helped me along the way on this journey. And uh, and you know, my my early days as a as in the military, I learned a lot of leadership lessons, and I. I like to boil it down to just simply, you know, my biggest takeaway, my biggest learning there was to lead with these three things in mind, the company or mission first, the team second, and myself third. And I have found no matter what role I've played, and I've been fortunate to play a lot of different roles in a lot of different great organizations, uh, if I keep those three in line, things seem to work out. And, you know, once I, once I actually left the military, I think those leadership traits are very much reflective of what I've learned over the past, you know, 25 plus year career. So uh, it has been a great ride. Uh, as you said, I got to spend a lot of time in the wine and spirits uh, industry, which was a great learning ground, really high growth company. But the way that company grew was interesting, John, because it grew through mergers and acquisitions. And so, you know, our, our strategy there was really build a large technology platform, consolidate a global shared service organization on top of it, and then go and acquire companies that were in the same industry to build a bigger business. And so very successful there. Uh, That led me into actually um, a journey where I joined the board of directors for the America SAP User Group. And and it's called ASUG, one of the largest membership-based organizations for software companies in the world. And got to meet a lot of customers and a lot of their challenges. And and as a customer myself for SAP, you know, kind of were able to share similar stories. And that that taught me a lot about community and an ability to share best practices in order to leverage, you know, kind of this just the I call it like the power of actually the thought leadership inside of a community. Thanks for that, Paul. 
I love mission, team, then self, and also the insight about the power of the thought leadership within a community. Our global user conferences are one of the most valuable times of the year for me because I get to spend a few days just dedicated into a community and I can learn so much in just a couple of days. So totally agree with that. Next, let's talk about how you define what digital transformation is and how it's affecting customers' experience expectations. Yeah, I think, I think when, I, when I really boil down digital transformation and what I've learned across that journey is, you know, I think companies are in a continuous mode of transformation. And so, you know, whether, whether it's a, a massive business change or technology change or whatever shifts are happening in the macroeconomic environment, companies are continuously evolving and learning. So transformation, I don't think, is new. I think what's happened over the past, you know, you could pick a number, but, but I tend to pick around 15 years ago where, you know, a lot of smartphone uh, technology came into play and, and the acceleration of the adoption of everybody having a smartphone just fundamentally changed the way that customers interact with companies. And in that way, I think companies have tried to figure out how do I then think about the digital engagement and where my customers are going, as well as the physical engagement, whether I'm a, a retailer who has stores or you know a, a bank company who has banks or you know any type of industry is facing the same challenge, which is how do I leverage all of my traditional business models with the new evolving, very rapidly evolving digital models and bring that together for my customers so that I can actually uh, really engage with them in the new ways that they want to interact with companies. And to me, that's really what digital transformation is about because the challenge there is how do you get the entire company focused on that customer and where they are in that journey? And if you don't do that, then you can't actually service those customers at scale. And then you're at risk of your customers going to your competitors. That's one of the best explanations of digital transformation I've heard and agree on the challenges. When you think about the consumer experiences that you were creating at Under Armour, I know there's some great examples there. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you were able to you know, take what you would think is a very traditional manufacturing and marketing business and then, you know, how, how digital transformation is affecting that business and the kind of experiences you're creating there. Now, my experience is most companies will say they're customer focused and they're customer centric and they're customer first. And I, and I think that most companies believe that, right? I mean, I, I think anyone who's saying that a company really believes that and understands that. It's just when you need to get thousands of people to change the way that they work and orient them towards that customer and the new realities of how that customer is engaging with your business it's really, really hard to do it at scale. And so for Under Armour, we had to actually start with all of those customer insights and, and begin to work backwards. And, you know, you start to think about all the capabilities that you had. You know, we had, we had acquired uh, Map My Run and My Fitness Pal and, a, and another app called Endomondo. So we had built this massive health and fitness community. In fact, we had the largest health and fitness community in the world. And to engage that community and bring those customers along their health and fitness journey was a dramatically different positioning for that customer than trying to sell them a shirt or a shoe. And so we oriented ourselves around helping them achieve their fitness goals in that community, wherever they were on that journey. And suddenly it opened up opportunities around experience for us. And I'll give you a very real world experience that we built based on those insights and then based on you know leveraging that data and then based on that community. With Map My Run, you know, we had a lot, we have millions of people who were logging runs every single day. And, and through the insights of the community, one of the questions that kept coming up was, how do I run? And John, you and I would say, well, we're all human beings, you know, and so we, we probably innately know how to run. But the reality is, 
if you haven't spent time in track or in some you know kind of high performance athletic center, you've probably never been taught to run properly. And so that insight came through the community of people asking each other best practices on actually how to run. And we decided to take that problem and figure out how do we solve that through a combination of what's happening in Matt My Run and actually put a chip in, in, a, in our running shoes and have the physical shoe and from a chip standpoint talking to Matt My Run and then leverage machine learning to coach people into better running form. Because it turns out with, if you just understand your stride length and actually your, your cadence, that then gives you your gait analysis. And actually, if we can help you based on your personal characteristics, your height, your weight, your age, your gender, and a couple of others, we could actually start to coach you into a better running form. And so leveraging a physical product, a digital product, and then building an experience based on your goals through an insight that came to the community, Under Armour built a very large business on a, on a connected shoe platform. So that's a very real world experience that was customer centric and customer focused. talk about the the components of a great experience i've heard you talk a lot about you know coaching content and community i think when we're talking about impact and the way we're re-envisioning our customer experience through impact we've got those those components in there um but that last one let's talk a little bit more about community when you see about where community and how are you defining what a community is you know for us and you know what are we trying to achieve there you know community is uh and in both my experience you know with uh with under armor and the you know health and fitness community that we built there from a consumer standpoint but also my experience with asug you know with the membership-based community around you know learning and content and training and all the things that that community was doing it's really interesting because today we have much better technology than we did when, when I was with ASUG to actually keep those conversations engaged and going amongst people with, with who are like-minded and trying to solve the same types of challenges, but also looking for new opportunities. And when I think about our community, which is very robust and thriving, you know, we have different ways for those communities to engage, you know, whether it's digital, whether it's physical events, whether it's, you know, direct connect with ServiceNow teammates across the board. We engage in all those activities. And and when when you actually can harness the power of the community, you can do a couple of things. From a product standpoint, you can actually start to suss out both the articulated, but more importantly, the unarticulated needs to solve customer problems. Because, you know, my example with Under Armour there with the with the connected shoe was it you could call it kind of both. You know, people were asking how they run, but how they should run better, but they weren't asking us to solve that problem. But the team really looked at it and said, we, we think this is a problem that we can solve. And so it was like from that insight that was articulated, there was a challenge. But then the un- unarticulated need was, hey, what if we actually put a chip in the shoe, use the machine learning algorithm and helped coach people in real time into running for them? And so, so community can give you insights into product and product development. And I know you already know this, John, because you guys, you guys do it all the time. But I also think it can give you really an opportunity for customers to share those best practices, you know, digitally, physically, wherever they engage with, so they also can accelerate their journey. For you, what does it mean for B2B companies to deliver consumer-grade experiences? Oftentimes, the discussion is around meeting the customers where they are, and since it's a B2B relationship, it's about digitally connecting processes and connecting supplier ecosystems. How do you describe this, and you know, what are you focused on? When you're really digging into there, John, what you're hearing from customers is, you know, we're all used to 
you know, these experiences every single day on our phone, on our television, on our on our computers. It's all this 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 incredible integrated experience. And increasingly, depending upon which ecosystem you pick on your personal life, your expectations are rising. You expect companies to know you. You expect to walk into a retail store and they should know you, right? And they and they should know what your expectations are. It should be frictionless, which I think is what a lot of our customers are asking for is why is this stuff so hard? Why is it hard to get all the content that I need on the different, you know, workflows or platforms or, you know, even some of our partners and how you bring all that together? Because, and and this is what I always talk about with consumer-grade experiences, you know, at the heart of consumer-grade experiences is first, they're mobile-first experiences, right? And there's, in a mobile-first engagement model is actually pushing out to you. It's sending you alerts to back to engage with the apps or the things that you actually care about. The second is it's high-performance Right, so there's you have an expectation of speed. You can't wait for, you know, three or four to five seconds for something spinning at you. Nobody has the patience for that. So there's a, there's a mobile component. There's high performance, and then the third, and I think it's foundational, is what I was talking about before. There is a personalization expectation for us to know our customers, and that that expectation is only rising because in our everyday lives, in our everyday consumer lives, we're we're engaging in many many more personalized experiences. And so what we have to do a great job of as we think about consumer-grade experiences, whether it's within you know, any of our workflow products or ServiceNow Impact or wherever, is meeting those customers where they are, as you said before. And the reason that we can do that is because we understand their personalized journeys. And I think that that's where we are moving rapidly to in, with, with products like ServiceNow Impact, but even with products like our core, our core products like uh, in technology workflows and some of the areas that I know you're an expert in. We are now personalizing those experiences because it's beyond portal, to your point. It's now in the mobile world. It's now in the push world. It's now in the messaging world. And we have to be there for them. Totally agree on experiences need to be personalized journeys and love the way you talk about in the push world, that we're in the push world now versus our typical language of proactive service or proactive support. And we're also seeing a lot of the focus going beyond portals to meet the customers where they are within their own digital workflows so that you know we're connecting customers partners um, and their providers together you know seamlessly so people can work out of their own systems and be as productive as possible um, and definitely not getting into navigating between a bunch of different portals a great experience of this is a project we're working on at cisco which they've highlighted at a recent user conference and you know what Cisco's doing is you know they're undergoing the largest business transformation in their 37-year history. And one of the main things that they're focusing on is how do they reimagine their customer experience for their customers and partners. And you know what the customers and partners are looking for is real-time access to all the data, all the telemetry, all the recommendations and insights that Cisco has about their solutions, their products, the networks, the security services that Cisco's providing. Um, you know, and the customer, you know, the customer wants this information available where they're working or where they're managing that technology, which is frequently within the ServiceNow cloud, um, within their the customer's ServiceNow ITSM instance. To solve this, you know, the first step was Cisco had to get all this information together. And they, so they've built out the Cisco Customer Experience Cloud that puts all this data in one place and makes it accessible. And now the challenge that we're working on solving together is to connect that Cisco CX Cloud 
with our customer service now instances so they can seamlessly you know integrate workflows so they can get notifications get insights from cisco or request help request support from cisco and everybody stays in their own systems and the workflows are connected and we're trying to do this at the scale it's thousands of customers that use ServiceNow and our customers of Cisco's are working together. And it's something that, you know, it's just a seamless experience for all parties to work together, including the partners. We call this new capability Service Bridge, and it'll be a key component for providing these B2B tech customer experiences going forward. Paul, I've heard you talk about epic experiences and that concept of epic experiences when you think of service now what are the epic experiences you think we need to create over the next three years let me give you an example of how i define an epic experience john because i think that will set the context for the question you know i i i always use this example because i think all of us can relate to it you know imagine you go to this incredibly nice hotel with your significant other and you check into the hotel and then you know you need to make a dinner reservation and so you ahead of your partner you go to the concierge and you say, look, I got to make a dinner reservation. We love Italian food, but I'm allergic to shellfish and my partner is a vegan. So I need some help there. And by the way, it's our anniversary and we're celebrating a huge anniversary here as well. And then you go up and you get changed and you come back downstairs and the concierge says, listen, here's what we've done. I got a, re- I got a reservation at a restaurant that's a five minute walk. It's actually a beautiful night right now, but it's going to rain in the next hour. So I want you to take some umbrellas just in case it does rain on us. Don't worry. I've already given their dietary restrictions. And I know it's your anniversary. So when you get back, the whole champagne toast is going to be ready for you in your room. Now, when you walk away from that hotel the next day, you feel like not only was it personalized, not only did they engage you, not only did they understand the details, but you have this loyalty, this like emotional connection because of this this epic experience with that hotel and probably with that concierge as well, right? So that an actual person, which is even better. But that's the kind of experience you should walk away from from service now over the next three years. You should you should walk away from this experience where you feel like, man, they really understand what I'm trying to accomplish here uh, for my investment in the now platform. They really understand what the outcomes are. They've really helped me realize the value, and they've made it massively less friction or massively more frictionless than any other B2B software provider I've ever dealt with. Why? Because they know who I am. They care about my needs at every single level, right? Whatever whatever role I perform in the organization, whatever industry I'm in, and whatever company I'm in, it's all very, very important work because it's, it's incumbent upon those digital transformation investments to make sure my company is successful in the future. And so I think, you know, there's lists of those experiences. There's you know, we've got an 18,000 strong uh, team who's actually working on all of those experiences across the company, which is why I love about ServiceNow. Everybody's thinking about the customer. Everybody's thinking about the experience. But I think we need to be thinking about how do we emote those types of feelings with our customers, just like you would with that hotel or that concierge or, you know, kind of what your memory would be in that experience. The other thing that you mentioned in there is you brought up the word value. You know, where we talk a lot about outcomes um, these days when we're working with our customers. Um, calculating that and keeping visibility of that, I know has been a big focus of your team. Talk a little bit about what you heard from our customers. You know, first you've been out listening and then building for the last you know 15 months of like how you're going to solve these. And I know that value and how you're going to measure ROI 
came back loud and clear from our customer base that we need to participate in that. So talk to me about that. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I, I it's really interesting. Before I got here, the you know, the awesome team at ServiceNow from a strategy standpoint and many other experts really went out and spoke to uh, well over 200 customers in every single segment of our business, John. And they said, listen, what are the things that we could do to help you be more successful with the Now platform? And it's really interesting. You know, when you do these surveys or when you actually go out and you engage with customers, some things, you know, kind of you get the kind of classic bell curve, right? You get the 20% here and the 60% here and the 20% here. This was not the case. Uh, in this case, what came screaming back at us was first and foremost, help me realize value faster from my now investment. And that was the number one request. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, we, we've seen it where $3 trillion have been invested with digital transformation over the past three years. And only 26% of companies worldwide, it's not a service now issue, but just companies worldwide investing in the $3 trillion have actually realized their expected return on investment, their benefits. And so so our customers are saying, look, help me make sure I realize value and help me realize it faster. The second thing they're saying is we need more prescriptive and proactive guidance, meaning your service now, you've done this thousands of times. So help us actually be more proactive with your recommendations and deliver that to me in a personalized way. Understand my industry, understand my company, and, and increasingly, John, interestingly enough, understand my profile. Am I an administrator, a platform owner? Am I an executive in this sequence? Like Where, where am I? Because I had different needs. And so the third thing that came back, and it was really, really important, is help me bridge the technology skills gap for my team. It's hard to recruit the technical talent that I need to drive these digital transformations. And because at ServiceNow, you guys are innovating so fast, I need to make sure my team can keep pace with that innovation. And so that's really, you know, kind of what our customers are asking for. And it's really what we're doing around building this whole new experience. And, and, and when, I, when I talk about experience, and, and we'll talk about competing on experience in just a few minutes, but for us, we really want to build an experience that accelerates the return on investment for our customers. And I, I think that is a complete differentiated model uh, from a B2B standpoint. Yeah, I agree with you. And a couple of things I heard there, um, your point about be prescriptive. I think as a, you know, a platform company, we always just say yes, not why do you want to do that? Why should you do that? Um, here's maybe a you know a more per, you know prescriptive way to use the application or the application or the or the the application or the the capability. Um, and um, yeah, a lot of times we take the shortcut or just in general, you always want to say yes to your customer. Um, but that's in the long run, not, um, the best experience for them. Um, you also talked about personalized and really guiding the customer, the admin, the user of an application in different ways. I, I totally agree. That's something that, um, as you know, with our products get used by so many additional personas, we can be much better at guiding them to value to that new capability because, you know, like you mentioned before, we're releasing, you know, two major releases then monthly releases. There's so much new innovation and capability coming into the platform. It's extremely hard for our customers, even our employees to keep up. If you look holistically at what we're delivering. Paul, all of the investment we're making around experience, 
How do you see that helping us differentiate versus our competitors? You know, I think that our, our entire view and all those investments that we're making, John, is oriented towards really helping our customers realize value from the now platform faster and what we call this value acceleration concept. And so what we've done is we've taken premium support, we've added, you know, customer success, you know, resources and capabilities and content and all kinds of great feature sets. Uh, We've built on that uh, a training and education and certification program that's customized and mapped to our customers' needs. And then we've layered on all of these tools to help them manage the now platform uh, in a better, faster way including things like HealthScan and Instance Observer and all these capabilities that really give you insight into your now platform and your digital transformation. So we've rolled all of our offerings up into this one experience that you get that's designed to help you from your pre-sales journey where we help you articulate those business cases and what the value is for the investment in the now platform all the way to helping you realize that value and then continuously adopting that innovation so you're continuously driving more and more value from the now platform and your digital transformations. So I think that experience, uh, what we call ServiceNow Impact, as you know, John, but that experience collectively is a complete differentiation from anything I've ever experienced from a B2B software provider. I love how you tie that back to what we talked about at the beginning. And it's really about being prescriptive with your customers as we deliver more and more innovation. How do they adopt that quickly? And understand, you know, frankly, what's available to them and how they can get it to value as quickly as possible. And that's a challenge I think the whole industry has because we are delivering you know, more and more great stuff every day. Um, and we got to help our customers be able to adopt it a lot faster than they have before. I really enjoyed that conversation with Paul. I loved his examples and his energy. Really happy that he's here at ServiceNow helping us change our experience for our customers. The focus on the value gap I thought was really great. It's a cross-industry problem that we've seen time and time again. The need for us to be more prescriptive, to have a more guided experience within our platforms, within our products, to really help customers um, learn while they're using the product, I think are all great insights. Please join us for our next podcast. We're going to focus on cloud operations. Look at what it takes from a scalability, profitability, and security perspective to run a global cloud. I'm John Spencer. I look forward to talking to you again soon. X as a Service Flow is brought to you by ServiceNow, the enterprise workflow company. Connect with us at your.servicenow.com. dot